0: Hi, Paul. How are you?
1: Hi, very well. Thank you. Yeah.
0: Well, it is a joy to speak to you and a real privilege. Thank you so much for for taking the time to chat with me.
1: Pleasure. My pleasure.
0: Um, First of all, congratulations on the honor from the festival, uh, Toronto Jewish Film Festival, because it, I mean, well-deserved, of course, but uh, absolutely, absolutely uh, so thrilled for you as well.
1: It's very moving to me that some of my earlier work uh, still has resonance, you know, and that people can still find something meaningful in it. It matters a lot.
0: You know, Solomon and Gaynor and Wondrous Oblivion are just wonderful films. Um, they're just incredible pieces. But it is interesting that you say that, that these, these older films that are solomon and gainer is almost 25 years old Uh, of course oblivion is now 20 years Uh, they do absolutely still resonate what is it to you that that has made these stories uh continue to to uh connect
1: uh well partly they're both migration stories
0: Mm.
1: and migration is still a huge issue uh And then there are also stories about accepting difference, you know, about uh, living with difference and indeed celebrating difference. Uh, And I think, you know, that's also a huge issue at the moment, a huge theme. And there are forces pulling in both directions. And my films are a force for for the celebration Um. side of the story. And of course, some of the films that they are screening go back much earlier. You know, they're they're, they're thirty years and thirty five years old, so which puts me pretty old. Um, but uh, but they also still work. Uh, I guess those themes have always been important to. Me. I,
0: I'm I'm glad to hear you say that because and yes, one of the things that. Um... That I wonder, just with looking at your career, is I'm wondering what what actually inspires you as a filmmaker? Because these are wonderful stories with wonderful characters.
1: Um. Well, the first film I ever made was a kind of, in my teens, was a a silent film comedy, kind of like a Keystone Cops chase movie. Um. So kind of full of the innocence and and joy of those early silent movies uh, and i think i'm i really like to work my way back to that mm-hmm. that would be my ambition is to make a a silent comedy again so uh I, you know i think my i like to think my movies have always had heart and uh and have always kind of tried to uh, mix joy and tragedy and also a sense of something bigger than ourselves you know a sense of um, something beyond us uh, which you could call divine or transcendent um, i think that's always been in my filmmaking and uh, and also human you know human humans talking to one another as humans and that, that's That's at the root of it all. Um, And that, in a a sense, that kind of transcendence comes out of just being human, um, being ourselves and being vulnerable and failing, messing up all that. So that's what the films are about. That's what they have in common, I think.
0: That is a fascinating juxtaposition you say there, because transcendence and humanity held up against one another um, and sort of the transcendence of it. Could you could you explore that a little more? Because I I think that's such an interesting idea. You know, certainly there is a sort a certain uh, certain spirituality of the film, certainly. uh, But they are grounded very much in the people, in the characters and their flaws and failings at the same time.
1: Yeah um that's what i try to do so it's great that that
0: is how you describe it and
1: how it works for you um uh it's very jewish actually you know there's something because uh, you know we're not very good on belief you know jews don't have a, a kind of set of beliefs that you could say but we're we're pretty good on uh trying to live a good life you know uh and uh, so, and I think it's out of trying to live a decent life that uh, magic and mystery and um, and something you know above everyday life uh, can can happen, can occur. Uh, so, so you know, I mean, the the, the festival is obviously not showing my quote non-Jewish films, of which there are a few, but um, but I think the same underlying theme is there, or the same underlying wish is there, um, to show fallible human beings, and to out of their fallibility comes something strong and enduring.
0: In connection with that, one of the things I was reading about you that I didn't know, um, did you take time off, uh, take 10 years off to, to pursue your role as a psychologist? Is that, is that correct?
1: Um, yeah, I've been a, I was a psychotherapist for 25 years uh, alongside of uh, making films. So every so often I would take maternity leave and go and make a movie um and i managed to kind of hold the two things together with some difficulty um and uh yeah, a few years ago i had to give up the psychotherapy it was too much to kind of try to keep doing both um but yeah um uh i still watch that series kind of couples therapy do you ever watch that series and
0: i i haven't i haven't I seen get, that.
1: i get reminded how to do that job which gradually drifts away from me but there's something that two of them have in common which is you're kind of you're unpeeling the layers and you're looking for the heart of the story Uh, and in a a movie uh, what you want is the character to you know your your lead character or your lead characters to gradually reveal themselves to unpeel themselves and to to transcend who they were and, and learn something uh, and that's in a way what you're doing as the psychotherapist helping somebody else to make that journey so they have something in common they kind of feed one they fed one another for me they were a good balance and also the psychotherapy keeps you grounded you know because you're just the asshole in the other chair <laughs>
0: I had wondered that because it is, you know, we certainly, we hear with other filmmakers, you know, Oh, I, I really want to delve into the psychology of, of man with this particular script and these characters, but you have this unique experience where you're actually doing both and, and you've already spoken to it a little bit. Um, there, there, there must be a connection within the two as you're creating your own stories. Yeah. Uh, to, to hear so many of the other, of other people.
1: And the other thing is, of course, what it helps is is working with actors. You know? I mean, I love working with actors and and uh, and uh, there's something about uh, helping them or allowing them or giving them a space to to go deeper in in what they're doing, uh, that uh, that's very satisfying. Uh, but also draws on my experience as a psychotherapist.
0: When you're working with your actors, is that something that excites you? Is is collaborating in that way and helping them to create the the characters together?
1: Yeah, I mean, this is such a great job being a film director because you get all these fantastic creative people who want to bring something themselves to the script, you know, and certainly not one of the directors that's Going to tell everyone exactly what they're supposed to be doing. You know, the whole point of working with these creative people is that they can have an input, and that they can, they're going to bring something that you haven't thought of, and that goes from the actors through to the designers, to the costume designer to to whoever. They're going to create something that you couldn't possibly do on your own, and that's the joy of it. It's so it's a great job. Presumably you you get a little bit of that, don't you? In terms <laughs>
0: of what you do. <laughs> no not in the same way. I wish. I wish. I really do. Um it, it you I I could see the incredible craft that's being created and and uh yet you know, I'm the outsider. <laughs> that's why I asked the questions. <laughs> um One of the things I thought was so interesting about both films, uh, I'm just focusing here on Solomon and Gaynor and Wondrous Oblivion, of course. Um, There there seems to be a heavy emphasis uh, on the idea of shame. Um, And I was just wondering what you think the power of shame is and and how do we overcome it?
1: That's great that you picked up on that. Um, And I don't have a, a simple answer. Be your question, um, but yeah, we do live in a culture that makes makes us feel ashamed, you know, and, uh, in, in, and uh, ashamed of being who we truly would like to be, and, and in both the story, both films, um, you're right to see that shame is a is that Solomon is ashamed of revealing his like, true identity. Um, that, um, that David is shamed by what he does in the film. But you know shame is really helpful as well because shame is a driver of, of change or can be a driver of change. I mean, to be stuck in shame is horrible. People can be for many years, but uh, to act on the shame is uh, can be incredibly releasing and, and invigorating. So, and that journey from from shame through to self acceptance is is a great journey for a movie so many movies you'll find have that shape too
0: yeah, absolutely and you know in in this in these particular stories as well i mean one of the things we just piggybacking on what you're saying there that shame seems to be placed on the external like wherever you know you talk about Solomon, solomon's fear to reveal himself is because of the pressures he's experiencing and the, and the same we see in in wondrous oblivion and and these cultural pressures um, put upon them by by older ideas or, or traditional views um, that are, that's such a struggle. Um, I was I was wondering for you, uh, you know, you know, do you think that that history can be a hindrance towards our living in the present, or does it inform it?
1: Well, it can be both, can't mm. it? It can be. I mean, I remember. Uh, growing up Jewish, you know, at the time that I was growing up, I was encouraged to somehow the culture encouraged me to pass, you know, that I could, I could get away with pretending not to be Jewish. And, uh, and I internalized that, you know, Mm. uh, I actually thought I, I was sort of proud of, oh, I can, I can, whoever i want to be you know i can enter this other world and uh i can be you know english middle class or whatever and it took me a long time to realize that you know that wasn't who i was and 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 it wasn't helping me you know that idea of us didn't help me Um, so i think i had to have my own little journey before i could get my characters there their journeys. Um, I do remember one teacher saying to us that the, the reason that the Jews died in the Holocaust was their own fault because they didn't fight back. And I internalized that, you know, that went deep inside. And um, later, when I was making my documentary films about Jewishness, I also, I'd, you know, I made a Holocaust film, which is part of the First of all, I kind of wanted to refute that mm-hmm. uh, thing that I'd been told by my teacher. Uh, and sort of express some of my anger, I suppose, at, at uh, what had been laid on me. So you're right, yeah, these characters in these two movies are operating in the context. Mm-hmm. And both of the contexts are putting pressures on them. That they have to grapple, they either have to respond to or they have to accede to. It. That's the drama. Mm. And uh, so, you, uh, but Wonders Oblivion is also a fun movie. <laughs> it's not only about shame.
0: No, there's a lot of joy in it <laughs> they're not, they're very it's that's one of the things i loved about these two films is holding them up against one another and watching them because i i had not seen them and now i have and when you whenever you watch two things you can see the connections but the experiences them are so wildly different because wondrous oblivion has this youthful energy whereas solomon and gainer has this sort of more more passionate like driving force behind it and, and a heavier tone but they're, they're both such wonderful stories
1: thank you thank you after I made Solomon again I wanted to make a film that my kids would enjoy, so <laughs> I had to make a kind of film that was lighter in tone <laughs> <kind> <laughs> more child oriented uh, so some, sometimes the reasons for these things are both mysterious and, and mundane <laughs> kind of Mm-hmm. so making a film for my kids is as good a reason as any to make the film but you still have, you still bring your stuff into it um mm-hmm. so yeah my stuff is still in there
0: yeah i uh for sure and i mean there's that's one of the things i love about it is that, like i said there's this uh this innocence of tone and yet there's there's still dealing we're still dealing with very serious issues at the same time and it's such a unique uh blend and mixture one of the things that i thought was fascinating too again holding both films up against one another is that love breaks down barriers um certainly within these two stories there's some these are key themes but there's also somewhat of a cost uh, as well to doing so and and love is not come easy i was just wondering for you why that was such an essential building block of of these particular films
1: well wow. <laughs> um, well i'm with you there love doesn't come easy always you know and, or the love that does come easy doesn't always isn't always the love that lasts mm. um you know, you bring whatever you have to a movie, and and it works if you bring a hundred percent of whatever you have to to a movie. And love has always been a driving force for me. You know, it's always it's always been the thing that tops everything and makes everything else possible. You know, so um, and. It, there are different kinds of love in these movies. You know, there's a romantic love, and there's parental love, and there's friendship love. Friendship love. And they're all kind of explored and they all have their place. My next couple of movies have got some more different kinds of love in. <laughs> <laughs> if I can get them off the ground.
0: Yeah, I, I've heard that you've working on a couple of films. Are there is there anything you can tell us about them?
1: Well, both scripts are done. Uh, one is a, uh, is a kind of story about older people, my now generation, uh, dealing with aging and dealing with uh, loss Uh but also very much alive and very much in the moment and very much, you know, wanted to live their lives. So that's one story. And, and the other story is, uh, is a Ukraine story, as it happens, but this was Ukraine. In, when I was a, te- uh, a student, I did a trip to Odessa, um, which was where my grandparents came from. Uh, we drove through Eastern Europe, We had our guitars with us uh, and uh, we drove to Odessa and uh, we drove through Russia, which was then the Soviet Union, which was then, you know, heavily, very heavily policed. Mm -hmm. Um, And while we were there, we were asked if we could play our guitars at this socialist youth congress. You know, we, we stayed at campsites. We met these people and it turned out to be that we play like guitars in this football stadium. Um, and so I've kind of made a movie that was based on that trip, which is a kind of rock and roll uh, coming of age story um, because of course I was there to try and find my grandparents' family. Mm. and in, meeting and i came up against the russian bureaucracy and the russian state so it's also a story about the kgb so a a nice mix of things i think you'll enjoy
0: (laughs) that that is an amazing description so (laughs) i really want to see that that sounds phenomenal um Paul, honestly, I am so grateful for the chance to chat with you. Thank you so much for for sparing the time. Um, Again, congratulations on your recognition and your awards and your career Uh, looking forward to what's coming next.
1: Great. Thank you. Well, thank you for your for your perspicacity and and having really watched the films and understood what I was trying to do. I appreciate that.
0: I appreciate that. That's humbling for me. So thank you. Uh, I, I wish you the best have a great day thank you